I'm Dr. Jill Weiner. I'm a white woman, a doctor, a meditation teacher, a tapping practitioner, a writer, and I'm an aspiring anti-racist, an identity which I must constantly strive towards, work on, and reevaluate. This podcast amplifies the powerful voices of women and men in all aspects of the anti-racist space, along with some of my own insights and explorations on topic ranging from healthcare to spirituality to criminal justice and beyond. In order to provide a nuanced, educational, and honest examination of systemic racism and dominant culture. Hey there, Dr. Jill Weiner here. I am excited to be talking to you today about a topic that's really near and dear to my heart and to other parts of my body. Um, and I'd like to start really about uh, with a story. Several years ago, I had written a blog post about a time where I had used a mindfulness technique to help me with my menstrual cramps. And it really taught me a lot about the attention that we pay to physical sensations and the fact that I learned learned a lot about myself. And in the email that I sent out announcing the blog post, I said a couple statements, something like, now don't worry, this isn't going to be gross, or I'm going to talk about my menstrual cycle, but don't worry, it's not going to be graphic, or something like that. And I got an email back, a reply from my from my group email that I had sent out to my email list, and it was from a woman who said, you know, I, I respect what you sent out, I like getting your emails, but I just really have a problem with the way you were talking about your body um, and I don't, I, I just, you know, wanted to bring that up because I feel like you were talking about it. Like there's something disgusting about a women's menstrual cycle and I got pretty defensive and I'm pretty sure this was years ago. This is probably 2017. I wrote her this whole long email about why that wasn't true. And I think I was trying to be nice, but I was pretty sure I was like, no, 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 no. I don't have issues with internalized shame about my body. Um, I just didn't want to be oversharing. And in my mind, that's what I was thinking. Cause like some people you can, you know, there's like blog posts or other things on social media where there's just oversharing for the point of oversharing. And I wasn't trying to sensationalize my menstrual cramps, but she was totally right. And I got defensive and I'm now kind of looking back at it because I've had some recent health issues, uh, in my, reproductive area in my, in my, um, female organs. Um, and that's not something I really feel comfortable sharing all the details about here, nor do I need to. But what happened is I was having a lot of shame about it and I was afraid to talk about it because I thought people would think it was gross. So I kept it in. And what happened is me keeping it in that perpetuated the shame and made it worse. And, and being afraid to talk about it kept me in shame. And I, I made a conscious choice to talk about it with my friends. And then of course, most of them were like, oh, that happened to me. That happened to me. Oh my God. It was the, you know, sharing in our common experience. Um, and I made this conscious choice to talk about it, to break the stigma, but it took me a really long time to get there. And, and this internalized shame about being a woman and the things that our body does and how it smells and what comes out of it can feel like something we're not supposed to talk about because 
the patriarchy doesn't want us to talk about it. The patriarchy wants us to have shame about our bodies because then it keeps the patriarchy in control and it doesn't let women be empowered. So as I've been dealing with this recently, I've looked back on that email from the woman about my menstrual cramps and the story I was telling there and she was totally right. And I, why did I feel the need to preface the email, you know, preface the blog post with, hey, I promise this isn't going to be gross. What is gross about a woman's body being a woman's body? There is nothing gross about that, except we're sort of taught that there might be something gross about that. Unless you have, you know, very unusual parents or very unusual teachers, it gets ingrained that it's something that we don't talk about. And so... That's my experience as a woman. I'm a white woman. In some of the other podcasts, uh, some of the other podcast episodes in Conscious Anti-Racism, in season one, uh, Jamila Plez talked about her birthright, which is an organization that helps to improve the health outcomes of black women who have a, I believe it's a three-time higher risk of bad outcomes death and other bad outcomes compared with white women. It's black and brown women uh, compared with white women. This is controlled for education and for socioeconomic status. And the fact that that even needs to be clarified, I find to be problematic, but it has, it's not just about access to healthcare. It's not just about uh, education level and knowing your body. It's, across the board for all black women going into this process of childbirth, there's going to be a three time higher risk that they're going to have a bad outcome, no matter what they've done in their life, what they haven't done. And none of that should matter, but it's just points to the fact that it is because of bias. It is because of racism in the healthcare system. Another podcast was uh, in season two, Dr. Sheree Hill we talked about fibroids and we uh, how they are the the disparities in healthcare for Black women with fibroids, and we talked about healthcare um, disparities in Black women in general. And then the last episode on, in this season, in season three, was Dr. Taniqua Miller, and we were talking about menopause and how for Black women, menopause may show up differently, it may present differently. The symptoms may be more severe, they may be more disabling, they may be um, also less likely to be heard or acknowledged or understood or treated by their doctors. They're more likely to be kind of brushed aside if that doctor isn't trained to see through their bias or if they, um, and, and to actually listen to their patients. So we've been talking about women's health in several different episodes in, in this podcast since, since season one. And what I think is really interesting that I wanted to talk about today is the fact that my identity as a white, as a woman, I also have an identity as a woman who goes around the world in a, in a, in a body that's thought to be white. So I'm a white passing woman and I'm, so I'm a white passing person and I'm a woman. So those two identities intersect. Being a woman may give me a little bit less privilege be a little bit less acknowledged in in the world but my white skin is going to give me more of a more leeway more acknowledgement more attention in the healthcare system and in the world 
And now if you think about the identity of black women, they not only have to contend with the marginalization that women have due to the patriarchy and, and, and specific issues relating only to women, but then their identity as black paired together with their identity as women is going to have a much larger impact because these two identities are intersecting. And this is a, a concept called intersectionality, which you may or may not have heard of before. Dr. Kimberly Crenshaw is the one who first coined this term. And it's really about how we, we all move through the world as multiple identities. I am a white person. I am a woman. I am well-educated. I am a doctor. I am a meditation teacher. I have American citizenship. I am a Jewish woman or a Jewish person. So I have, I'm able-bodied. So I have these different identities and other people may have black or brown skin. They might be Asian. Maybe they're, um, maybe they are gay. Maybe they identify as being gay. Maybe they identify as being, um, transgender. So there's all sorts of different identities we bring into the world and and we can't I can't just go into the world as a as a woman. I'm bringing my whiteness with me. I can't just go into the world as a Jewish person. I'm bringing my whiteness and my woman my identity as a woman with me. So you can't separate them out, but when there's more than one identity that that is marginalized in society, or that has bias against it or is mistreated or harmed, the, the impact is additive. And the importance of recognizing the, the way that these different identities are, are perceived in the world and, um, and treated, I think is really important. So coming back to the beginning, me talking about uh, some you know spiritual lesson I had learned from my menstrual cycle and wanting to share that story, I was still kind of putting out there this internalized shame about being a woman. And if we take that into consideration with the impact of racism on black people in the healthcare system, and we're combining that with them being women, there's going to be so much more of an impact. And I think that's why it's so important to recognize and to really raise up issues that are faced by different marginalized identities. Why it's important to talk about that the healthcare system has in it started from its kind of inception, it has been a racist system. Lots of good things are done, but also lots of problematic things have been done. Um, there's lots of different ways that racism is is baked into healthcare in terms of being eligible for kidney transplants, being eligible for dialysis, and the way that lung function tests, like tests for asthma and, and emphysema and COPD, the way that those are interpreted are different based on race. And if you're a doctor, you may know this. You also may not know this. For women, the way that they are, uh, their, their cardiac, their heart signs and symptoms of a heart attack are perceived differently for women and they're offered um, less frequently offered invasive procedures that might be potentially life-saving. So that's that's for women, not just specifically for black women, but there's all these different ways that inequity is 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 cooked into the way we deliver care. And, and a lot of work is being done to try to examine that and reverse it, but I, I really wanted to 
take this moment to acknowledge the way that the patriarchy has things set up, the way it's kind of always been set up to keep white, male, educated, wealthy, you know, citizen, able-bodied, all of those things to keep those people in power and to keep those people getting better care and, and more societally accepted to be talking about what, um, what is going on with their bodies. And then also, by the way, that patriarchy can be internalized as well for men who are taught that it's not okay to feel emotions and that that's, it's not okay for them to uh, cry or have feelings and to talk to be vulnerable. And so it impacts all of us. It doesn't just impact the patriarchy is not a all white men are bad, but the system that is set up to protect whiteness, particularly male whiteness, and to keep that in power, that is bad. And that impacts everybody, no matter what color your skin, no matter what uh, gender you you are uh, assigned at birth, whatever gender you um, identify with currently. And it's going to do that in a different way. It's going to have different impacts on everybody. And it's important to recognize that and validate that and not try to pretend that there is no bias in healthcare. So I remember watching a video of a black woman physician who had COVID and she was putting, she was uh, putting out videos. She was really, really sick and she was putting out videos on social media talking about the way she had been mistreated. And I found my doctor brain, my, my white doctor brain trying to rationalize and justify the way she had been treated by the system oh, well, maybe they're worried about her respiratory status. Maybe they were this, maybe this. And I saw, I could see myself having those biases that are the same things that can lead to adverse health outcomes, increased risk of death. This, this woman actually did die of COVID. And she was she received very much substandard care while she was in the hospital. And I was just, I remember thinking, I actually put a video out about it I do a lot of, I'm a white person. I do a lot of this work myself. I have biases. They're there. Now, if I don't acknowledge my biases, they're still there. They're just unconscious. And then I'm not recognizing how they are affecting my behavior. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that I'm pretending that I am maybe actually thinking that I don't have biases because biases are bad and racism is bad. That's what we're taught. And yes, Racism is bad, but we all have biases. Every single person in this world has biases. Our brain is built to create biases for us. So if we are carrying around these biases and, and they're unconscious and we're not doing active work to dig them up and recognize them and face them and process them, they're going to end up impacting the people that are around us. And if you're in healthcare, they could very likely end up causing harm to people who are from a different identity. Um, and these biases can be within one's own race because it's internalized. So I think it's really important that as healthcare professionals and as all of us, uh, for all of us, we really do the work to look at the biases that we have. Is it is it internalized patriarchy? Is it internalized sexism? Is it internalized racism, internalized homophobia? whatever it is, or internalized or externalized, um, and, and realize that 
those biases have an impact on actual real human beings with heartbeats and families and loved ones and, and hobbies and, and, um, you know, lives that are important. And these biases impact everybody. So I hope you found this helpful, uh, remembering that the more identities that are marginalized in a situation, the higher risk we're going to, one will be of being marginalized in some way. And uh, it's incumbent upon folks who do have whatever proximity to power they have, whenever your identity is closest to the one that is in power, to think about how your behavior and your biases may be impacting other people. And for women out there, if you're having some female sexual uh, health issues, vaginal health issues, you are not alone. And please speak about it and talk to your friends about it and talk to your doctors about it. And if you don't feel like they're hearing you, talk to a different doctor about it because you're not alone. There's nothing gross about you. And um, that being quiet about it and keeping that shame, that's actually perpetuating a system of oppression. And 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 by talking about our issues, our, our, our female health issues, we can actually start to, to break down some of those barriers. If you're interested in listening to any of the other episodes, um, we'll put links to those in the show notes. And also would love to mention that Dr. Taniqua Miller and I, inspired by the podcast episode we did together about menopause and black women's health, are actually have created a, an online course to help women who are going through menopause or approaching menopause to, to deal with those those changes that are happening emotionally and physically to deal with those in a way that empower women rather than perpetuating that shame that empower women with information empower them with tools to process the physical and emotional changes such as tapping and um, so many other great things so we'll put the link to that in the show notes as well please share that with anyone you know who is a woman who might be going through menopause currently or soon and is looking for a way to go through that process empowered and feeling strong and the the beautiful wonderful complex human being woman that she is um, and it can be a very difficult time and uh, we are excited to empower women through that process Hi there. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Conscious Anti-Racism. Please be sure to follow or like us wherever you find your podcasts and also consider leaving a rating or review. You can follow Conscious Anti-Racism on Instagram and Twitter at Jill Wiener MD, J-I-L-L-W-E-N-E-R-M-D. And please check out our Conscious Anti-Racism book on Amazon.